listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting The Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Serving internationally, learning internationally. That's where we are headed today, and we are headed to Peru. Joining us today, Amy Hubach. She's DCE Internship Placement Coordinator and Assistant Professor at Concordia University, Nebraska. Amy, welcome to The Coffee Hour. Thank you very much. And lit- and also joining us today, Deaconess Caitlin Ramirez. She's a missionary serving the Lord in Peru. Deaconess Caitlin, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having us. It's a joy to be here. And Ann Gonzalez, Manager for Short-Term Mission Training and Engagement at the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod Office of International Mission. And welcome back. It's good to be here. It's kind of like a resident position for you here. <laughs> you get to come hang out in studio and share with us all these great international it's stories. It's been a while. Had to, Aaron was on last time. Oh, this yeah, is true. Aaron well, welcome back. On, yeah. We're glad to have you back. <laughs> Thanks for back. coming and spending some time in the studio. You always bring us some great international stories of, of those who have served or are learning, learning opportunities and serving internationally. And so we're learning about a group of students who headed to Peru to do some international learning. So... Amy, what interested you in bringing students to Peru to learn about missionary life? Well, first, to be honest, it's Dr. Gauthier, Brian Gauthier, who had been a missionary in Panama, is serving now as theology faculty at Concordia, Nebraska. So he's the one that has set all of this up. And then I I just really got to tag along and join in the joy of being in Lima and being part of the mission team. And his goal really in all of this is to have the students who are training to be church workers to go shadow the missionaries in a specific country and to show them what mission life is like and what it means to be a missionary on the ground. Had you traveled internationally for any type of mission work like this before? Yeah, I had. I had taken my daughters to different places. I actually served with LCMS World Missions in Hong Kong with my daughter, Maya. And then I've taken a couple LWML teams with different organizations, most ministries throughout Latin America. What did you learn from all of that experience that was helpful for you as you were preparing to go yourself, but also preparing to to take other students with you and to show them these experiences? One of the biggest things that's always a good reminder is the world is so much bigger than our own church body, than our own churches, than our own, what we picture in our own homes. There's, there's just, the world is huge and so many people need Jesus and we, we forget that often. And so I think that's one of the biggest, always biggest reminders, biggest learnings from the first time I ever went to Mexico even, and why I desire for students and even younger, like I took each of my kids when they were 10 because I wanted to get that picture early on in their minds that it's, there is a need throughout the world, not just our own country. Now, I know that you are the coordinator for placement for DCE interns. Were there other, there were DCE students on the trip. Were there other church work students on this trip as well? Pre-deaconess and pre-seminary. Very good. So why is it important to you 
for students to have experience like this to serve internationally, how do you think that shapes them in the future as they prepare to go to internship or as they prepare for their first call as a church worker? How do you think that shapes them to have this international experience? I think it just broadens their mind and their heart to what ministry is and what mission is. And I hopefully that when they get into their, their local congregations, they are able to look around their community and see a different need because of the worldview that they've been given going to another country. Mm-hmm. What did that preparation look like then as you and your students are preparing for this trip? What were some of the things that you, you maybe you guided them through or that they were responsible for doing to prepare themselves for this kind of experience? Part of the stuff was Bible study for sure. We were going through a Bible study that was prepared for us through World Missions and Brian Gauthier as being a, a missionary for a few years on his own. He had a he, he had a lot to speak into that. But then also talking about culture and the difference in culture, the different in time considerations and stuff like that. But you can talk about that all you want. And then once you hit the ground, though, there, then it becomes that reality. So keeping that conversation going while you're in country. Mm-hmm. Speaking of in the country, Deaconess Ramirez, you serve in Peru, serving in in Latin America and Caribbean region. What are some of the ways that you've been given to serve in in your deployment as a missionary? Yeah, I've been a missionary for about 10 years now and I've had the joy to serve in so many different roles and functions during that time. Life as a missionary is never the same from day to day. But currently I'm serving as the director of our Mercy House Castillo Ford Day, which is an after-school programming for kids in a soup kitchen. I also serve as the director of field work. We would call it a practicum for our deaconess students with the seminary, which is then for the whole region. When you have teams like this come to to serve alongside you, what kind of preparations do you have to make in order to receive these students and really give them the best experience possible? Yeah, we have a great team, so I'm really thankful to Ian there in the International Center and to Aaron McKenzie and some of the others that help with some of the details like planning for their budget or the, you know, detailed schedule. I think for me, I do some of kind of the big planning of like, what's the project going to be? How can we utilize them? How can we have interaction between the Americans from our home church in the U.S. that are coming? but then also interacting with our local Peruvians. So it's not just one side doing the project, but that they're really learning from each other and engaging in each other and getting to know each other. And then I hand off a lot of those detail plannings. And then when the team is actually on the ground again, I get to be with them 24-7, be the main translator for all of the events and kind of, you know, leading and guiding. You bring up a great point. (laughs) Translator, language... Amy, now you've you've traveled to Mexico before. How much Spanish or what did you need to know in order to be prepared for this trip? Did you feel like you were dependent on, on Deaconess Caitlin for translating the whole time? I'm 100% reliant on Caitlin. <laughs> I, I have tried. I, I, I've been to Nicaragua and Guatemala and Mexico and now Lima and I cannot speak Spanish. I now have Duolingo. I'm trying to learn it. I can sing it, though. Like, no okay. problem. I can sing it. I cannot speak it. It's so weird. Huh. 
So the, Amy the, says that, that she was totally reliant on me. I but there were several times during the week where I was in another conversation and Amy sitting over on the couch with some Peruvian woman. They're deep in conversation. You know, I don't know what it was, hand signals or, you know, what Google they were translate. doing. Google Translate, maybe. But they were definitely communing and having heart-to-heart conversation. <laughs> what does that say about uh, w- when you're given in an opportunity like this, you know, given a situation like this, uh, about making all efforts to communicate? And some things are just universal, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Not provide. Uh, and improvising as well. <laughs> Caitlin, what are the things that you really wanted students to learn about the the work that you're given to do in Peru? What are the things that you really wanted them to experience about Castillo Fuerte and and the other places that you're given to serve? How did you give them hands-on opportunities to learn? Yeah, we really tried to just involve them as much as we could, give them lots of opportunities to interact with um, the locals, with our church members. Even though there were language barriers, you know, we didn't let that be an excuse. We sent them out. You know, you two students are going with this Peruvian church member for a walk around the neighborhood. No, that church member doesn't speak any English, but you guys all, you know, figure it out, signals together or whatever it might be. There's there's value in spending that time together and getting to know one another, even if some things are lost in translation. So I think we did a lot of, of that, of trying to spend time together and getting to know who our church is made up of. Since these were all church work students, we also then spent a lot of time with our Peruvian pastors and our current deaconess students so that they could get to know these you know, church work students and be encouraged in that, see that together. I think the other thing that... Uh, that for me as a deaconess, you know, is to really highlight the mercy work of the church. Oh, we're merciful and how that mercy, you know, really is evangelistic, that it opens the door and speaks volumes to people in ways that sometimes we can't just with our words, but our actions do. So I think we highlighted that for the students as well. Amy, what did that look like on your end, bringing the students into the country, experiencing all these things that Deaconess Caitlin just explained? Honestly, I think that going into the homes of the Deaconess students and doing those home visits with them and learning the stories of the people, I, I did not, I did not know, and there's no way our students would have known, how many Venezuelan refugees are in country and those women are studying to be deaconesses and specifically coming to Peru Peru because there was a Lutheran church. But I think it was the learning of the stories that's so important, hearing where they came from and where they're going and why this was important that was so eye-opening and heartfelt. Walking walking in that journey or being allowed a glimpse into that life was so, so important. You both have brought up a great point, uh, home visits. And I remember as a DCE student learning about home visits early on in the DCE yep. program. I want to talk more about that and what, what role home visits play in the life of a church worker and the ministry that we're given. We'll continue that with that in just a moment right here on The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth.
At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Today we're talking with Amy Hubach, DCE Internship Placement Coordinator and Assistant Professor at Concordia University, Nebraska, and Deaconess Caitlin Ramirez, a missionary serving the Lord in Peru, and Anne Gonzalez, Manager for Short-Term Mission Training and Engagement for the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod Office of International Mission. Now, before we went to break, Amy and, and Caitlin, both you had mentioned home visits as being an important part of this experience for students for Concordia University, Nebraska church work students visiting in Peru to learn more about the life of missionaries. And I remember in way back in the dark ages <laughs> when I was a DCE student a long time ago, I remember learning about home visits. And mm-hmm. this was kind of a foreign thing to me, not having grown up with a DCE or really other than a pastor, but I didn't even attend church until I was like in high school. So mm. really hadn't really experienced a, a real home visit. So for me, experiencing that as a student was very valuable. And I saw a lot of what I learned in it. It, it. Amy, what do you want students to learn in a home visit? You mentioned, you know, learning stories. How is a home visit an important part of church work student formation? So we still make our students who are going out on internship, they still have to do 20 home visits. Uh, over the course of their internship year, there is just such value in getting into the home, seeing how people live, what that dynamic looks like, and again, beginning to learn that story. It just helps build relationships when you are able to go into the home. Students get very nervous about it. It's it's uncomfortable to begin to do, but students will say that was the best part of internship because they got to know youth and children and the adults on a totally different level. Deaconess Caitlin, how are home visits an important part of the, the Deaconess students that you work with and in your, your ministry there? Yeah, I have seen home visits to be so valuable, really in a mission church and a church planting, because it gives you one-on-one opportunity to learn someone's story, but learn where they're at with right? They're, this is all new to them. And so what they hear on Sunday morning, what they hear in Bible study, how are they internalizing that? And how does that apply to my daily life? And all of these hard, you know, moral questions and things that are just habits for us as lifelong Christian, but for those who are brand new Christians, you know, it's a whole new way of thinking to apply what the word says to our daily lives. And home visits are really the chance that you get to talk about that specific person, what they're going through, what their struggles are, to pray for them, or to pull out scripture and say, this applies specifically to what you're talking to me. And this is, you know, this is what God says to you. Mm -hmm. Amy, who are some of those other people that you and your students were able to meet and and learn about and, and start building these relationships with as you were traveling in Peru? Another thing we were able to do was go to the Tepia Forte. It was a super 
Christian Children's Ministry, uh, the work that that church is doing, again, looking at the needs of their community and its need was to help children. And it was a beautiful thing, one, to see the children be fed, to be to do ministry to them, and then to go to church with them on Saturday evening. That is a congregation of children. Mm-hmm. And there are there are some adults that come, parents come to pick them up, maybe during church or after church, but it is a congregation of children. And the way that Pastor Ramirez was just working with them and teaching them the Bible and the catechism was it's something that we do not see here in the United States. It was it was incredible. What, Amy, for your students who went on the trip, coming back from the trip, what do you think they gained? What kind of report did they have to write? You know, how did, how did they reflect on it? What did they need to, to share or, or what did they share with you and others at Concordia, Nebraska upon returning from their trip to Peru? So I'm going to be honest, we won't meet with them again until they come back in the fall because it was summer break already for us. So I see. they did this during summer break and we all took off from different places once we got to Houston. And so we haven't had that opportunity to, to do a debrief together, hmm. which is a bummer. What were just, the, what were just <laughs> as, as you were, as you were making your way back to the States, sure. what were some of the things that the students were reflecting on and just sharing in those, you know, casual conversations about their time in Peru? I think it was still, it was the home visits, the stories, the stuff they don't know about that's going on in the world politically was some eye-opening stuff for them. And they all, again, could not stop talking about that children's church, church of children, <laughs> just the amazingness of what that looked like. Mm-hmm. One thing that, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. One thing that I've heard one of the students reflecting on that kind of stuck with me because it wasn't something I had observed or thought of previously was one of the pre-seminary students reflected about how in the U.S., in our churches, we fight over space or we don't realize all of the wonderful blessings and things that we have in our church, the resources, if you'll say. And he commented how in the mission field, our same space, it, even in one day, it can be a soup kitchen, a classroom, a fellowship hall, and a worship space. And it's the same room that gets used for all of those things in the same and just uh, the flexibility that you have to have on the mission field in order to do church work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was actually just pulling up some of the evals from the team, and, and somebody <laughs> mentioned just that, that they were able to see how little you need to have a healthy, active church. You need the people and the Word of God and the sacraments. Yeah. Wow. There you go. Taking as Ramirez, I was I was going to ask you what your reflections were on having these students. What you see as the importance of having students come and really experience this church work on the ground in the midst of of the work that you're already doing there. Yeah, one important thing for especially this kind of trip with mission education, be the church work students or just you know members of the church who are interested and don't want to come with. I'm going to serve, but I'm going to serve by shadowing. I'm going to serve by learning, by connecting. And when we do those kinds of projects, then we get to have a lot more time for reflection and conversation about what's going on and the whys of what we're doing. 
And sometimes as missionaries, we have really good answers. You know, this is why we're doing it this way. But sometimes we don't. Sometimes the conversations with them help us to see things from a fresh perspective. And that really gives us a chance for some missiology, some reflection, and really some some good encouragement too. Short-term teams and visitors who come from the U.S. from any project or any place are always a huge encouragement to us as missionaries. A reminder that we're not doing this work all alone, but it is the work of our larger church and that we have a whole host who is behind us, praying for us, accompanying us in this work. I think in the same way, it's a huge encouragement to our local church as well. You know, to these new Lutherans who hadn't even heard of what a Lutheran was before they started participating in the Lutheran church. And to see that, you know, it's not just the 30 of us who worship together on Sunday morning or maybe the 100 that I know in the city. But we really are worldwide church body, and there are others who share the same faith as me. Most of our deaconess students in Lima are actually, you know, some of them are grandmothers, mothers, you know. They're not young like the church work students who came on this team were. And my students commented to me and were really encouraged and kind of amazed that these young students, you know, these young 20-year-olds who should be having fun or thinking about what can I get out of life myself, were instead thinking about how can they dedicate their lives to the Lord and choosing to serve him now. And many of my ladies commented to me, this has come to me, you know, with wisdom and with years of of now I want to serve the Lord. And they were very impressed to meet young people who want to do that. Yeah. Amy, when you have the chance to debrief with the students a few months after the trip, what are some of the questions that you want to ask the students? What do you want to hear from them about their experience? I want to know how they've processed it over the la- over the summer. If they've considered if they've considered now more if they're going to do missionary work if they see that or maybe not full time, but how do they think that that will fit into their congregation? into the people that they serve. So those are the things I want to I wanna debrief with them. I, as Kaylin was talking, I thought about another little debrief that I think is an important one. She said the congregation of 30. And we, we did talk, the students were talking about that, the different perspective. A congregation of 30 was so exciting in Lima. Congregation of 30 here is dying. And you know, what does that really look like? How do we change our perspective of the people that we're serving wherever we're at? Is it just a number kind of thing? And so I think those are the kind of stuff I want to continue to debrief with them. How can we learn more about opportunities? What are the upcoming opportunities yeah. for mission education or whether it's hands-on learning or hands-on serving? <laughs> right. through, so, yes. yeah. So servenow.lcms.org is where we post all of our current opportunities. I know there are a number of open opportunities for teams to go to Peru and serve there with mission education or leading a VBS or teaching English, different things like that. And those are opportunities for a team. So you and some folks from your congregation or from your local LML group or 
your circuit, you know, would come together as kind of a group of, of five or ten and say, hey, we would like to go and serve in, in Peru together. There are also periodic opportunities where individuals can apply and be put on a team. Right now, those are mostly for missionary kid programs that are coming up in, in the coming year for families as they're attending regional retreats. And that's a that's a huge part of refreshing and renewing our, our missionaries as well and, and knowing that their kids are hearing about Jesus while they're growing in their skills and in their faith. And there are more teams in mission education as well. We have another team to talk with in correct. the near future as well from Concordia University Chicago as yes. well, correct? Yep. So it's it's great to hear that our Concordia universities are participating in mission education as well. Amy, do you hope to bring more teams in the future to international sites? Yeah, Brian, Dr. Gauthier plans on doing it every single year. And so I think he has his next one already planned. I think going to Uruguay next May. Ooh. (laughs) Are you volunteering, Amy? (laughs) No, he's taking, he's taking the, he tries to take different, different people, different faculty who are Mm -hmm. future church workers. So Amy Stratman, who works with our Lutheran teachers, she's going to be going on the next one. Cool. Very good. Yeah. Well, thank you all for being our guest today. Amy Hubach, DCE Internship Placement Coordinator and Assistant Professor of Con- at Concordia University, Nebraska. Amy, thanks so much. Thank you. Deaconess Caitlin Ramirez, Missionary Serving the Lord in Peru. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. And Anne Gonzalez, Manager for Short-Term Mission Training and Engagement with the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, Office of International Mission. And thanks so much. Always a joy to have you with us. It's good to be here. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Oh, 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 o